We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is a Red Road Perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Sobriety, community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Unspoken words episode four five in the house. It's your birthday. <laughs> it's your birthday unto you. Hey, oh, hey, Anyway. <laughs> it's your birthday. Hey. Man, I thought it more like uh, country. It's your birthday. Hey, y'all, hey. Happy birthday, pretty yes. baby. <laughs> okay, yes. over here to my right. We got the hoe in one, the ace of bass, a.k.a. He's sanctimonious and he's bad, a.k.a. The freak from Arrow Creek, a.k.a. Johnny J.C. Lawrence in the house. Your favorite Indian, J.C.B. Say what's up. Yo, what's up, what's up? And over here to my left, all the way from LG, the two-time co-champion, a.k.a. Um, whoa, my mind just went <laughs> blank there. Oh, he ain't even trying to preach, a.k.a. Pod Gotti, a.k.a. <laughs> Randy LG Breed. Nightmare. At Randy B in the place to be. Say what's up. Oh, oh, it, it is so good to be here with you guys. Oh, it's very sacred. <laughs> very sacred. With you guys. With you guys, yeah. The Hawk and Eagle Circle. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. And you know me, Empty Barrel in the House, a.k.a. Mr. Pacifier. A.k.a. The Street Chief Messiah. <laughs> A.K.A. Steal Your Pocket Lighter. A.K.A. X.B.I.A. Firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to be here. Oh, I got my tall cans. Welcome. It's Arnold Palmer. It's real good. It's you guys. With you guys here. With you guys right here. Uh, cool. <laughs> uh, cool gig. All right, little icebreaker here. We're going to open up with this one. We're going to tell a story with, but we're each going to, we only got a short phrase or one word to go around the horn. Um, which way do you guys want to go? Don't matter? Uh, clockwise. Okay, so I'll start and Randy B, in a place to be, and then over to your favorite Indian. We'll go around that way. How many times should we go around? Um, four, four times. Four times. Four times. Four times, four times for this first round. Secret four times for each direction, and you guys listening out there, take off your moccasins four times, <laughs> one for every season, <laughs> one for take each one of your moccasins. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, remove your go. moccasins for this ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, bird flu backwards, not that kind of flu. 
Oh, not that kind of flute? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. He was here one round in Robert. Into the traffic. Light. Yesterday. Because he was blind. And couldn't see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he was blind. Couldn't see. <laughs> but then he realized he was revived. And saved. A uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> One word. <laughs> and now he could see. <laughs> he found his glasses. That's how it was told to me by my grandfather. <laughs> All right, let's do one more round. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. All right, let's go. Um, Shoes. Slipped. Shoestring. <laughs> Shoe slipped, shoestring. What's that? <laughs> Hanging. Yeah. Forward and backward. We have four words. Well, you can have a, a, oh. like a couple. Small but, phrase. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, shoes. Slip. Slip. Shoestring. Slip. Shoestring. Hanging. Forward. Backward. Forward, backward, frontward. <laughs> Inside out. <laughs> At your house. <laughs> Yug. <laughs> because it was your rug. <laughs> Not your curtains. <laughs> Of course, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Pew>. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Ah, <laughs> uh, so today I woke up this morning, and today I have accomplished six years of walking the red road. Today, September. 9th. Oh, hey, feels good. Um, this morning I woke up, wow, grateful, thankful. Uh, it was cool, man. It was just like uh, kind of surreal feeling, you know. I was like, man, I reached six years. That's pretty cool. Um, but all the time, you know, not to put myself down or not to diminish um, these six years or anything. But I always like, you know, I'm happy today. It's an emotional day, you know. I shed some tears this morning, but I never like I I can't allow myself to feel accomplished. I didn't, I can't allow myself to feel like I've arrived. Because if I get to that point, then <clears throat> I'm going to start thinking I can run the show. I'm going to start thinking like, okay, I'm cured, I'm healed, and all this. But I can't allow myself to go there because I'll start using. Um, I'll, I'll get too high and I'll stay too high. And I'm like, I want to keep this feeling going. I'm going to celebrate these six years with a tall can. Because vodka is my problem. But anyway, that's just something that I do. Recorded live in front of a large live studio audience. 
Yes, sir. Usually I cut that All one off. Street cheese. Let it ride. Let that one ride. Congratulations, yeah. sir, on six years of sobriety. Mm-hmm. That oh. is no, that is not, that ain't hey. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'll tell you that right now. And I understand. I absolutely understand your uh, your 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 frame of mind about the whole thing. To take it, put it into perspective for what it really is. Mm. Um, it's 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 an amazing thing, but I like the I like your example of not getting too high on it because there's that there's that thin line. Oh yeah, that we're Definitely. we're all we're well aware of, especially now that you know you got some time under your belt. I think you kind of. I mean, I I kind of appreciate that. The fragility of it almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know if that's the right word. Like the fact that it's it would be so easy for us to turn around and go back out. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah on that note, like yesterday, I was visiting with. We did smudge the streets here in Billings, and there's a street person. He came in. He was like, "Can I join you guys?" I was like, "Yeah, for sure, man. Go for it." And then, like, I got to rapping with him, and he told me, "He's like, man, I was sober for like four years before I fell off this time," and he was like, "Man." He's like, when I started drinking again, he said it was. It felt it was just like I never quit. He said the hangovers were just as bad. He said I just like threw away everything really fast, and it was just like sharing that with me, and I was kind of like, whoa, yep. And there's other stories where, <clears throat> um, uh, this individual mentor of mine early on in recovery, you know, he'd been he's been walking the red road longer than I've been alive. Him and his buddy sobered up at the same time, like the same day they had, you know, and they worked together to stay sober, like those first four or five years. And then they had been sober for like, you know, been walking Red Road for like 30 years. And his his buddy went back out. And like he got like, like drunk off of a can of beer when he went back out. And then like within six, seven months, he drank himself to death. Dang. After 30 years of recovery, after 30 years of walking the red road, and, like, stories like that, I got to keep it fresh. And it's like, man, that's why I don't allow myself to get too high. You know, it was a good day. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just another 24 that that I had to work through. Six years as a regular person. Yeah. That's dope, man. Like, I mean, I think I I, didn't I send you a text? I think so. Yeah, like, because <laughs> cause it's like, man, like, that's a, that's nothing to blink at. That's nothing to wink at, like, mm-hmm. when you think about it. But then at the same time, being level-headed and being like, and and, and I say, quote, unquote, like, regular person, because mm-hmm. normal people don't have that problem. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they yeah. don't have to think about, like, like for them, it's normal to go buy a six-pack, and that, that, that six-pack might stay in there for weeks. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but for us, like, for me, like, a six-pack will lead to the next, you oh, yeah. know? A six-pack um, might last 15 minutes. <laughs> but to see, like, and, and I was thinking about it, too, because yours, mine, and the uh, guy that we interviewed on the show were all 2015. Oh, yeah. And that's, like, I, I, I'm going to say my word, that's commendable. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. at any point in time, whenever you faced any type of obstacle, I'm sure... The thought crossed your mind, like, man, I can just, like, throw this all away and go back. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yet you listen to that inner voice that a lot of people don't listen to. Yeah. That encourages us to continue to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. And now you're reaping the benefits of continuing in that same thing. Yeah. You know, everything that's been added to your life after your decision to go 
Oh, yeah. You go on straight and narrow, you know? Not on that note, like, I just brought back to mind, like, I went through something, like, when I was closing in on two years of recovery, and, like, man, I was a, it was, like, a difficult situation. And I used my accountability people. Uh, I used meetings. I used journaling, praying, and stuff. And <clears throat> um, as I was talking to my accountability people, I was just like, man, you know, this really sucks, and blah, blah, blah. And then, like, I went through the thing, and, you know, and um, my accountability person was like, did you think about using any time during this while you're going through this? And I was just like, oh, no, I didn't. He's like, man, that's a victory right there. The fact that you were able to deal and feel and go through the, what you went through and, like, you didn't even think about using. And then I was just kind of like, that was the perspective that I needed right in that moment was just like, oh, wow, that is awesome. You know, that I'm able to go through life as, quote, unquote, a regular person and just deal and feel with my emotions and feelings and whatever circumstances going on with my tools and then get through that and be like, oh, okay, cool. I got through that. Now I know, I know the template for the next problem that comes up, you know, yeah. is to reach out, is to pray, is to go to meetings, is to journal, is to whatever I got to do besides using. Yeah. <clears throat> not only that, but not even considering using as an option. Yeah. 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 Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. It seems like it. Oh, oh, no, because when you were saying that, I was thinking, I, 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 I don't do that either. Now, yeah, yeah. I never, th- I never thought about it. I never actually <coughs> thought about. Well, did I ever consider, you know, using? Maybe before, mm-hmm. like the thought that crossed my mind, probably briefly. Yeah. But now, like, like when I'm going through, you know, life. Yeah. Just life stuff. And things aren't going my way, or whatever, however you want to put it. Um, that it, I, I never, I never realized the fact that I didn't consider it at all. Yeah, there's so much growth in that. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> but it's like it, it kind of seems like you fight. For me, I fought so long to get away from using drugs and alcohol as the solution to my problem. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. But then now, when you do go through something like JC was saying, or even you. And you realize, like, yo, I didn't even thought about using yet. Like, bro, yeah. it seems like that switch happens overnight. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. yet you, like, for me, or I'm sure we can all identify with that, but, like, it felt like we fought for so long to get to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then you don't even realize that you stepped into a new threshold. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you might have, like, a super stressful day and things aren't going well for you. And then, like, the thought doesn't even cross your mind mm-hmm. and even if it did enter your mind you just quickly throw it back out kick it back out yeah, yeah. you know like there's no entertaining yeah and there's I no think marinating in it there's so much growth in that you know mm-hmm yeah definitely man yeah, I totally agree with that <clears throat> I'm glad you said that though because I didn't even think about it mm. it's like that that thought didn't even cross my mind that I wasn't thinking about those thoughts. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that didn't come out. It didn't sound right when I said it. <laughs> I, no, it's I, like you didn't. You even, know what I meant? Yeah, kind of piggyback off of both both of what you guys said. Like you don't even realize that you leveled up. Yeah, and you're just like, oh shoot! Like I prayed for this. I prayed for that desire to leave me. Yeah, and it's like boom, I'm here. Wow, that's cool. Yes, and and I've said it for myself, but I'm gonna go ahead and speak for you guys too. Is that Nobody knows what we've had to go through to get to this point. Yes. And it wasn't easy. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm not going to sugarcoat anything for anybody out there. It won't be easy. 
but it's worth it. Oh, it's, yeah. It's it's it worth it doesn't even describe it. Yes. It, it's more po- I'm not going to say that word either. <laughs> it's way better. Go ahead than and say that. it. <laughs> Go ahead. There's a lot of power in it. <laughs> power, power, wonder working power in the blood. In the blood. Of the land. Of the land. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> it's been a couple of episodes since we sang that. <laughs> I'll give you guys that one. What would you say, JC? Power? Is <laughs> <laughs> it like, uh, remember that, that one you were singing? Uh, was it Peter Griffin? Bird, bird, bird. Oh. Bird is the word. Every, yeah. time, every time they mentioned it, and he would just bust out into that song, <laughs> that, his little dance. Uh, the uh, trash man. What did, what did you <clears> say? That's funny. Well, I think we're all warmed up, ready to go. So I think we can go into our main topic. So, DJ, once you're queued up there, why don't you hit me with that beat? Yo, let's get into our topic. Yo, let's get into our topic. In the words of JC, I want you to take off your moccasins. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Wiggle your piggies in the grass. That's the hawk and eagle circle. They're letting you know to wiggle your piggies. <laughs> Feel the grass in your piggies. That's a spiritual thing. Take, take off your moccasins. <laughs> <laughs> I, forgot about, I forgot about that. <laughs> I All right, well, I'm going to throw a no-look pass over here to Mr. Pod Gotti. You got the floor, sir. Yes, sir. Number four. No, um, what I wanted to do was talk about future plans. And I'll just read this little short little paragraph. It says, during the recovery process, it's helpful to address things that happened in the past. But it's also important to think about the future. Making plans can help you stay motivated and remember how important it is to complete treatment. You may want to discuss plans you have for improving family relationships building a rewarding career, or mending fences with people who've been hurt by your addiction. And the reason why, I mean, last night when we were, we, we were texting in a group chat, and, and I'm like, oh, man, like, one thing that we haven't talked about yet is discussing, like, a vision, right? Like, well, we did different aspects of it, but the importance of having a vision and, and having a direction of where we want to go Especially early in recovery, like it's so vital that you have a direction that you're traveling, you know? Yes. And I'm kind of reminded of an individual that I was talking to recently where this person like fought so hard to get here to a certain point and actually had a few weeks of sobriety Mm. and everything was ready, right? Yep. And for one reason or another, just turned around and went back out. Yeah. And I started thinking, I'm like, man, like, had it, like, had this person had a direction? Yeah. Like, had a vision. Yeah. Like, about some plans and kept it fresh. I feel like they would have been successful in what they wanted to do. Mm. And then I've also thought about in my own life. Yeah. Like, me, it was always 
like when I came, when I became sober, I was like, man, like I want to be back in my daughter's life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was my why at mm-hmm. first. Yep. And then once my daughter came back into my life, like everything else was added. So you see two sides of the coin. Yeah. And, and I'm not bigging myself up or anything, but it, oh, no, it, no, it's no. even like, like yourself, like, Look, dude, like today is six years. Like it's monumental, mm-hmm. you know. But remembering that, hey man, I remember like first week, second mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. first day, third day. Yep. So I mean, I wanted to ask you guys, like, how important was it, or did you even realize that you were making future plans? Mm. I think, and for me, I didn't even realize it. I mean. Cause I, I was locked up at the, at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. And and that I believe was probably saved my life because I needed that. I needed something to physically keep me away from it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't do it on my own. <clears throat> yep. Yes. Yep. But within, but and you guys heard my story before. Within those first, was the first week. Just so many things, amazing things were happening to me. Yeah. And then it all kind of culminated. Did I say that right? Culminated. Culminated, yeah. yeah. At that, that point where I was telling you, you know, when I was in the shoe. Yeah. And I, and I cried for those two or three days. But after that, then I, I, I realized that one of my goals, my later goals in the future was to help others help others um not go through what I had to go through. Yeah. Like to not let it get that far and yeah. then not mm-hmm. not hurt the people that they love the way I did. Yep. Not hurt our communities, not hurt our people, you know, and to be a better person for the world. Yeah. And so what I started doing, I and I used everything that I had available to me and you know, it's one of those things that I asked for. And so I started looking for knowledge mm. in, in in everything. And and I've said it like plenty of times before, you know, one thing just led to another. Mm. I'd start reading up on, you know, neuroscience and that led to biology and that led to, you know, pretty soon I'm into physics and meditation and then, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah. And so that thirst for, you know, what makes me tick, that knowledge, Mm. that's what kind of kept me going at first. And then also to be a better person that, so that when I did get re- released into the real world, yeah, that I'd be prepared so that I wouldn't go back, yeah, and to try to build on that foundation, and so that's how it started, yeah. Are you pass the mic? I'm passing the mic. Now. All right, I'll take off my moccasin. Just take off your left <laughs> moccasin for this one. Oh man! So yeah. And I like to look at it, you know, I remember <clears throat> when I was in treatment, and just like JC, I knew I had to get plucked out of my playgrounds and taken away from my old playmates and just be somewhere away from them to, like, just kind of regroup. So I willingly went to treatment. <clears throat> and and I guess, like, while I was there, they talked about, I remember my counselor, man, he, he talked about attainable goals. And it's the exact same thing what you're talking about, like future plans. And he talked about attainable goals, and, man, that just resonated with me. I said, okay, cool, man. I that, I like that. I like that, you know. So when I got out of treatment, you know, I had 30 days. <clears throat> I had a little bit over 30 days. And so 
one of my attain my attainable goal when I got a treatment was I'm gonna get sixty. Okay, how do I get sixty? I'm gonna go to these meetings. I'm gonna go shoot for ninety and ninety. Um, go to a meeting every day, <clears throat> and you know I'm gonna get a sponsor, and I'm gonna get some accountability people. I'm going to meetings, and so I went. Boom, I got to sixty, and I was like, okay, what am I gonna do here? <clears throat> I said, okay, what's my what's my next attainable goal? Ninety days. Boom. I said, okay, I got the formula here. I got I got I go to meetings. I journal. I got my accountability people. I got my sponsor. I'm surrounding myself with sober people. Okay, boom. Let's go. Third, let's go for ninety. Got to ninety. Okay, I'm here. I said, well, all right. What do I do next? I'm gonna shoot for six or six months. Got to six months, <clears throat> so on and so forth, until I got to a year. And once I got that first year, I was like, okay, I I just gotta keep doing this. I gotta keep going to meetings. You know, in that time, you know, we launched the talking circles, and I said, keep going. And I threw myself into talking circles, um, <clears throat> making sure that there was a talking circle every week. And then it went up to two a week, three a week, four a week, and then so on and so forth. But initially, that's when I got to that 60 days, I remember, like, I had a spat with my sponsor. And we got into it, and I fired him. And then he was like, what do you know? I think I've said, I've shared this before. He's like, what do you know? I said, oh, you got a 60 days. I got 12 years. <laughs> And then I was just like, oh, okay, I'll show you, I'll show you, mother effer, I'll show you, I'll become an expert. And then that became an, a goal for me, was that I'm going to learn as much as I can about how, what JC said, the same thing, like how I tick, what took me to my addiction, and then how to combat that. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I want to become an expert, and I'm still learning today, and that's still one of my goals. And that's awesome. And I'm... <laughs> it's commendable. But... <laughs> I mean... For me, I didn't even realize, like, what I was doing. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm like you, like... I just knew that, like... Because when I look back on it, like, I was so broken. Like, there was so much that I had to deal with that I refused to deal with up to that point. Mm. And at first, I went to treatment to appease the court. Mm -hmm. And then once I got to treatment and went through the withdrawals, which was like, man, the ER room. And mm. as a method, like, there's really nothing they can do. Yeah. Um, they didn't really provide anything for me. I think it was a combination of the dope and the alcohol. Mm -hmm. But all I know is, like, I would end up on those EKG things. Yeah. So once that started happening, and I remember my prayers from before, but I wasn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. But as the fog started lifting and, the, and I started thinking about it, I'm like, man, like, I can do it. And, and I don't even think, like, I remember one thing my aunt said to me. She goes, why do you count the days? Because mm -hmm. I remember talking to her in a conversation. I'm like, hey, auntie, I got like six months sober. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's like, why do you count the days? You're just counting until your next drink. Mm. She's like, if you're done, you're done. And that resonated with me. Yeah. So early in my recovery, like going through the program, like, man, I'd been through it time and time again, and that's what I was doing. Although I knew, like, I wanted to be a part of my daughter's life, like I didn't know where to start. Mm. It was like just wanting to get a house, wanting to get, because I'd lost everything, wanting, you know, to stay somewhere. And, and once I started 
thinking, realizing like I wanted to come home, a place opened up for me. A, you know, like this place, and it had everything. But then I started putting one foot in front of the other, and, and man, a guy, like I don't even know or if he realizes, I think I've shared with him before, and he's open about his recovery, but I'll name him as like, is Mike Domix. Mm-hmm. And I think he had like six months or, you know, he had a little bit of time on me. Yeah. And, but he was my encouragement early on. Like I watched him Mm -hmm. and I like, even now, like when I'm talking about it, I remember coming home in 2015 and sitting in the den of the house that I was living in at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember scrolling through Facebook and he hit one year Mm. and deep inside I was like, man, I can't wait till I get that year. Yeah. You know, I'm like, man, I can't wait till I get that year. And then, like, but I had, like, every, and I, I understand, like, not everybody stories are the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when I came to the house that I was finding my sobriety in, it had everything that I battled against. Mm. The people that I lived with lived a party lifestyle. They're bachelors, and there was parties there every weekend. There was one of the roommates had mound, like, just stacks of montucky for free in his bedroom mm-hmm. you go into the kitchen and in the in the freezer there's like bottles of liquor because these guys aren't like alcoholics yeah um go into the den and man there's weed like there's roaches and everything everywhere you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and at any point in time i could have used yeah but when i look back on it i feel like that was where i gained my strength was like realizing like when I didn't come out of my room until I was ready spiritually. Yeah. And then I would come into the presence of those things. Mm-hmm. Like it made me realize how strong I really was, right? Yeah. And once I realized like how strong I really was that I did have the power to say no, mm-hmm. it like lit something inside of me. Yeah. And that's what ignited the flame in, in wanting to get my daughter back in my life. Mm. because I realized that I could live a life without drugs and alcohol Mm. because it's staring at me right in the face right here. But the more I said no, the more it fed it. And then I would scroll Facebook and I would see Mike Domix like just continuing to get strength like he did his through the gym. And then he would do like one year, two years. And I'm like, man, I can't wait till I get there. And now that I look back, I'm like, man, like I got six, six years, I believe. Yeah. And I look back on it, and on the way down tonight, me and my daughter had a conversation. She's like, Daddy, I thought we were going to go here. And I told her, I said, why are we going to go here to the Y when you're already in training? Yeah. I'm like, there's no reason for you to be at the Y. I go, because now, I said, you do boxing. You're there four four days out of the week, and any time extra, you're there. Mm Mm-hmm. But to be able to have that conversation with my daughter on the way to take her to training, like, it made me realize, like, man, like, having that vision of being a father, like, I'm walking that out today. Yeah. You know, like, hitting these certain milestones, like, it didn't happen overnight. But I had, for me, it was vital that I had a vision. Yep. And my vision wasn't being a good father. And there was a lot of obstacles that I overcame. And I believe, like, for me, like, I believe that's the difference between people that succeed in Mm -hmm. sobriety 
and those that continuously fail, there is absolutely nothing different. Mm. It's just one group chooses to move forward with the goal that they have, the plans that they have, yeah. and they realize along the way, like it's, it gets easier to say no. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other group that gets to a certain point and they reach the breaking point and then they turn back. Mm. But also realizing the further they make it, the next time they come back, they have the ability to go a little bit farther. Mm-hmm. So it's vital, like when I encourage people and, and, and um, mentor people and kind of walk beside people, I'm like, man, you have to have a goal. Yep. I cannot work harder in your recovery than you. Yep. You have to find something inside of yourself that's worth fighting for every day. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And and I believe that's the that's the key ingredient in being successful in the walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I can totally relate to that too. Like I remember like my rock bottom, I didn't even realize it until like I was in treatment. Cause like I went to day treatment, so I was like Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, eight a.m. to eight p.m. But I got Sundays off, and like Sundays, I just spent it with my kids. And it was like that first or second Sunday while I was in treatment, I was chilling with my kids, and we we're just playing and stuff. And then it just boom, it just dawned on me, and I was just like, "Man, I could have been doing this. I could have been doing this." And then in that moment, I felt like the biggest piece of you know shit. Yeah. <clears throat> and I cried, and I was like, then from that moment, I was just like, man, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this is what I'm going to do is, you know, be here for them, whatever they want to do, you know, and just be there for them, whatever it takes, you know. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, I could totally relate with that. And um, and then a lot of things, like one thing that, just to piggyback off what you said too. And like when I was doing my addiction counseling, <clears throat> I always ask people, I said, did you have any structure growing up? Cause I think that's very key too. Yeah. Cause when you have that structure, <clears throat> you, you're familiar with structure. So then when you're, when you come to it, you're just like, Oh, okay, this is what it is. And then, you know, being able to set those goals and just boom, 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 moving down the road. Um, so crucial. Yeah. Just with that vision, if they're able to keep that vision in mind. Yeah. I totally agree with that, man. Cause like, you know, my, my goal, number one is, you know, my relationship with my higher power about it. Yeah. And then, you know, so that my recovery can stay intact. Yes. And I do it for me. I do it for me. Number one, I don't do it for anybody else. Nobody. I do it for me. And then because those that I love benefit from my recovery and that's just more fuel for my fire. Come on. And with that, I'll pass the mic <laughs> over here to Moccasins. To the Moccasins, Sensei. My name is Moccasins. Moccasins. Cobra Kai Moccasins. I mean, Johnny you know, Moccasins. Listening to all that, I keep going back to this thing. Like, if if I told you, you know, we're in prior, and I say, "All right, guys, we got to walk to Billings," you'd be like, "Man, that sucks, bro." Mm-hmm. But I said, oh, we don't have to walk to Billings. We just let's just make it over that hill right there. Yeah, and we go over that hill, and then you know, all right, let's just make it to that coulee over there. We make it to the coulee. Oh, let's just make it to that you know that little valley over there. We 
keep going. And before we know it, when we turn around and we look back, we can't even see where we started. Mm, yeah. Pretty soon mm. before we know it, we're already at our destination. Mm. But at any point, we get to that, man, I don't want to go to the next one. You know, I'm good here. Yeah. I'm good here. <laughs> but you'll never get anywhere like that. Mm-hmm. You'll be stuck in the same spot. And then, yes. you just, then you'll be tempted to, well, it's just right back there. I can always go back there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yep. So if I was to say, you know, oh, you got to stay sober. You got to stay clean and sober for the rest of your life. Because somebody said that to me the first time I ever went to treatment. When I got out, they said, you got to stay sober for the rest of your life. Mm. And without even realizing it, maybe it was a subconscious thing. That kind of like, oh, shit. Really? Because that's a long time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for all I know, I could live to be 120. That's that's like 100 years at the time. But but if they said, you know, you give me an hour, give me one good hour. Yeah. And then after that, we'll we'll work on the next one. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, as far as the sobriety part, that's all it really is. Is you know making it from one day to the next and. And I'm kind of like, I mean, like, I'm in like Josiah's camp, how you, you know, I'm proud of the time that I have behind me, right? I have the time that I, I mean, the time that I have under my belt. Yeah. But, at, and, and when he was talking about his sponsor saying, oh, well, you got, I got 12 years or whatever, you got six months. Bullshit. What time did you wake up this morning? Because I got about 12 hours. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So that to me is what that is. Because we have today. Yesterday was a great day. I was sober. You know, and, and and I didn't make any major mistakes anyway. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, but today is all I got, and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know that if I keep utilizing the tools that I have and everything that was given to me, the things that I asked for when I prayed, right? Yeah. I need, I need you to give me all that you can so that I can walk this red road. If I keep using those and I keep doing that, then tomorrow will take care of itself. Yeah. But for today, you know, what can I do today? And that that makes it easier, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, and you said attainable goals. You guys are talking about it, you know. I don't have to become father of the year in 24 hours. Yeah. It's a process, right? We didn't, we didn't get this way. We weren't born like this, you know. The way we, okay, not like this, but the way we were, right? <laughs> yeah. The way we were in, in the height of our addictions. We didn't become that way. Overnight, it was a gradual process. It was um, what's the word for it? It's uh, oh, I'm thinking of it. Uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, progression, progression, progression. Oh, Jinx. same time, Jinx. Uh, but yeah, so it was so. In order to get out of it, we have to progress out of it. And I think almost going off what you were saying is that some people will see that oh, I'm not where I want to be yet. Mm. So what's the point? And I, yeah. I earlier on, I, I get like, and I still. You know, try to get into those funks every once in a while. Oh, I feel like I'm treading water. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Yeah. But that's not true. I'm growing each and every day, right? And getting stronger. I'm building that strength. And that that thing, remember I was sending you guys those psychology facts? Yeah. Kind of weird because some of them don't even have nothing to do with psychology. (laughs) (laughs) But but the one, the last one, because that one really hit home for me. It was something I needed at the time. And that was, it said, uh, you don't know how strong you are. Until being strong is the only thing you have. Yes. Or the only choice you have. Yes, sir. And so, and that's how I felt. Like, at like wow. Like, all I can do right now is be strong. Mm. And I will be given the strength. 
from, mm-hmm. from my higher power as I understand it. And and I just it was just like profound that hit me, and I was like, man, I got to share this with these guys because that's how I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes it seems like that's all I have. Yep. True. 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 All true. you have is the decision to be strong. Yeah. What about? Okay, so now that we're there, we talked about like the importance of future. Oh, sorry, we can say something. No, no, he's like, what about? <laughs> like, yeah, no, because <laughs> once we started this, like there was a question that I wanted to ask JC, and I, I'll include you in that too. It's like, okay. okay, well, we were talking about the importance of future plans, how important it is. Mm-hmm. But my question is, what was the detox like for you in the like, especially for you, JC, like you detox. Well, and I'll ask you too, because both mm-hmm. of them are profound, and, but are not profound, but both of them are, are tough. But what was your detox like in jail? You know, it's funny you say that you ask that because every other time I ever went to jail, I've never been to jail where I wasn't drinking. Right. Yeah. I went in there, or that I hadn't been drinking for days before that. Yeah. So that coming down that detox, it was horrible. I mean, uh, man, jail when you're when you're hungover is the worst place to be. I mean, anywhere those kind of hangovers is it sucks, but jail is just that much worse because yeah. you know you get the cold sweats or whatever, and you oh man, I need to go outside and get some air. You yeah, know, you can you can you can control that in a, in a way, or you know I need some fresh water, or you know, or worst case scenario for me will always what <clears throat> I can go get a drink. Yeah. yeah. But every time I ever went to jail and I was sick and hung over and it was the worst, man. It was like uh, there were times when I didn't think I was going to make it through. And they don't care about you. And there you can say, hey, man. Not, jail's like the hard knocks, bro. I, I, I don't feel good. And they'll just look at you and say, all right, well. <laughs> sucks to be you. Tough. I uh-huh. mean, yeah, it sucks to be you. But this time, this this last time, I had none of that. Not I wasn't sick. I wasn't, you know, um... Uh, you know you, how you get those nervous wrecks, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Ah, like that. shaky and sick, and you know, I, um, physically and you know, like almost mentally and emotionally, just a wreck. You know what I mean? And I don't have to describe it to you guys. I'm sure you've had those kind of hangovers before, but I didn't have any of that. Yeah. Not, not, not a bit. Wasn't sick. Wasn't you know? Oh, I can't eat. Um, there was no like. Uh, None of that. I mean, you know. I, mm-hmm. So it was basically smooth selling. It, it, it was as strange. Like as, your time was done. As strange as that. <laughs> yeah, as strange as that Not sounds. crazy. As strange as that sounds, nothing. Mm. And I, I kept waiting for it, too, because like, I, I was expecting it. And that's why I'm saying, you know, it's funny you ask that because that's what I'm, I might have even talked about it before. Yeah. Was that there was nothing like that. Yeah. And I mm. think, you know, that was just, like you said, that was my higher power telling me that's it. You yeah. know, you know what it feels like to be that way. So we're not going to do that this time. We're just going to get on with it. Yeah. Mm. I think that that's how I think of it. Yeah. But, but that detox was not, wasn't even a, it didn't seem like a <laughs> detox. Yeah. Like I was, soon as I, soon as I was there, I was already. And that's kind of, that's, that's amazing that you say that because like usually my experience in jail, like my last time, like when I went in on that violation, mm-hmm. like I woke up. Like, I got thrown in at, like, probably about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Maybe even sooner than that. No, I think it was sooner. I think I got thrown in about 10. Mm. Um, and then woke up about 1 when they gave me my sack lunch. But I just remember, like, waking up and just being like, man, this sucks. Mm. And I seen the guy that was in there, and I still see him out there every now and then. Um, but I, like, I was physically sick. 
Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I was like, and it was miserable. Yeah. Like I like every time that I went into Baloney Row, like that smell still sticks with me. Yeah. Like just that ugly institutional baloney, like yuck. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's not, it's not even baloney now. It's more like cat food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do give you cat food now, huh? Yeah. Because I think that was starting when the last time that I was there was, yeah, because I remember they give you that little freaking mixture type. Whatever it is. Yeah, I don't it looks know. Like what, cat, it looks and smells like, like cat food. looks mm. like, ooh, like tuna almost kind of with like little green, off green pieces. Let's just say. Fancy feast. Yeah. yeah. Let's <laughs> say somebody ate a ham sandwich and chewed it up and then said, here. Ah. Uh. Yeah, exactly. And then they make they pre make all these sandwiches and they put them in the fr- fridge, right for like weeks. Yeah, they get the bread and it's all dry. And yeah, the only part that's moist is like the, the part that has the the middle of it, the so actual yeah. mix on it. <laughs> you just make it into like a little ball and eat like a donut. Oh my goodness! My goodness! I don't envy that at all. But yeah, with that being said, like <laughs> my like my last detox. <clears throat> well, I mean, I knew I was going. I was calling for a bed at detox, and I was actually going to the detox facility. So I was like on my last hoorah, yeah. you know, like that night before. I had I think like half of my half a G, and I drank that up. Next day, I woke up and I had like um, some beers in my fridge, so I was just sitting there sipping on them, waiting for my ride, and like. Um, oh yeah, and then I found a liter that was half full too, and I drank that up, and then I drank my beers. <clears throat> but prior to that, about about a week before that, I was going home from work at lunchtime um, because man, I was starting to shake before it got. Usually, it would happen like towards the end of the day, I'd start getting the shakes, and I'd be able to be all right. And I had something in the car when I got off work. I go up there and slam it and wait till wait for it to kick in, and I go right to the liquor store or something anyway so it was happening before lunch now and i was like oh shoot man i don't want to go to the store i don't want anybody seeing me buying a beer just in case a co-worker's there or something so i got some beer at home i'm gonna run home real quick and then like i was blazing up and i was probably about uh remember you're pulling off main street on the lake elmo i was at lake elmo apartments probably about five blocks down and like i was at the stoplight gonna turn on the lake elmo and man i started like dt'ing out man i was shaking i couldn't control it and I was just like convulsing, and I was like, "Man, I got real scared." And I like focused all my effort, my energy into just getting my hands on the wheel and gripping it as tight as I could. And man, I blazed it. Man, I probably went about sixty miles an hour to my apartment. I pulled in, parked, and I ran, ran to my apartment. Went inside, and I was like, fell on the floor in the kitchen, and crawled over to the fridge, and I started slamming beers. And then I just laid there. I probably slammed like three of them real quick and spilled it all over myself too because I was shaking and and I just laid there and waited for it to kick in and then it kicked in and I was man I scared the crap out of me. Never felt anything like that and I was just like you know I had no control like barely any control over my body and then I started and I was like man I just then I was feeling okay that I I started calling detox for a bed. I want to calling for a bed, calling for a bed, calling for a bed, and then I was just sipping on beers. And then once I got to bed, they're like, all right, come in this date, blah, blah, blah. Um, then I was just like, boom, I went by the half a tea and, you know, hit partied it up. And I went into detox drunk. And, oh, I drank the night, that half a G, 
And I drank that vodka up in the morning, like right away in the morning, like six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning. And I was sipping on beers until my ride came, picked me up and took me to detox. And when I got there, like I blew, uh, what was it, like a point three six four. Wow. And like I was just all right. Like I had a little buzz going. I was real talkative and friendly to everybody and. And they were checking me in. I was just chopping it up with that guy because I was all buzzed up. But then that evening, you know, it all wore off by then. And I was still blowing hot. So they couldn't give me any chill pills. And, like, I was just, like, freaking out, man. Like, my anxiety was through the roof. I was tired, man. I was so freaking tired. But I was scared to go to sleep. And then, like, I'd barely fall asleep, and then that nurse came in, like, every hour to check, take my vitals and stuff and have me blow because um, she was waiting until I blew zeros, and she was going to give me some chill pills. And, like, it wasn't until, like, that next morning that um, <clears throat> I finally blew zeros, and then she was able to give me a chill pill, and I slept for most of that next day. Wow. So uh, it was bad. I was, like, cold sweats, and that's when that, that first night when I was there, that's when that, that RT came in. Told me a story and gave me that little spark of hope. Damn, I I can relate to everything. Every everything you just said, yeah. I, I, I triggered a memory. Yeah, a memory like like man. I I remember one time I was so hungover that, and then I saw my cousin and he's like, "What's up?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm sick." And so he had some had some whiskey and he poured it in a coffee cup, and he said, "Go ahead." You know, they take the edge off or whatever, and then so I grabbed it by the handle, and I couldn't, I couldn't keep it still to where I couldn't even keep my lips still. Yeah, I was so shaking, so I, I had to clamp onto it with both hands. Yeah, and I basically kind of braced my body or my hands and my arms against my body like this, and kind of, and he Drink saw it, me. Yeah. yeah, he saw me, and he started laughing. <laughs> he goes, "Damn!" He goes, "That's bad," and, but once I kind of got a little bit of that in in there, and then that, that taste, yeah, yeah. it, it, it kind of. Mellowed you out. Started mellowing me out. Yep. Did you ever watch uh, Leaving Las Vegas? That, that, that's a real sad movie. Um, oh, what's that guy's name? Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever, did, you know, that, that part where he goes into the bank and he's just sick and he's trying to cash his check? Yeah. And he can't, he can't, oh man, he's yeah, trying to sign write. it. So he leaves and he goes and he has a few drinks and he comes back and then he, I ride his rain, ready to sign away, and he's all feeling it, and he signs his name. <laughs> check. I've done that before. Mm. I've I've had to ca- I tried to cash a check twice. I can think of Dang. the first time I couldn't do it at all, and the yeah. second time I I just scribbled it. Blah. It was an income tax check, mm. and then that lady at the at the check cashing place, she looked at it and she goes, "Can I see your ID?" <laughs> and so I looked at it, and then or I, I she looked at it, and she goes, "These signatures don't match." And I mm. just, well, I'm not feeling well today. I said, but that's me. I said, yeah. I can give you all my information. And she goes, all right. She goes, but it did. And then I went, looked at it, and it didn't matter. Because it was just basically like a, <laughs> like a, like a scratch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. basically scratched a line across that, that check. It wasn't, a sign- it wasn't a signature at all. Dang. So, I mean, I can relate to uh, And, uh, like, those things, that, like, that experience that I had right now that I talked about, and like what JC talked about, like, I think it's so vital that we keep those fresh. Yeah. We got to keep those fresh, man. We got to, like, like it happened yesterday. We got to keep it that fresh because if we forget those things, we let those things go down the river. 
um, and we don't ever think about them, we don't ever like kind of remember where we came from, man, we'll get to that effort stage. We'll get to that complacency stage where we lose sight of our goals, lose sight of what we're trying to do, and man, we'll be going back out yeah. real quick. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick was that what you said about no control. Like, I had no control over my body. Yeah. Like, if I wanted to stop my hands from shaking, I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I had to literally lock them, lock them, lock my body together just to lift that cup to my, and my, even my lips were trembling. Yeah. Oh, man, I hate that feeling. And that's crazy. Like, I've never gotten there um, yeah. as far as, like, alcohol DTs, but with, like, yeah. drugs. Mm. Like, I've had to pull over just to do some, like, yeah. dope. You know what I mean? Like, I remember getting off work and and driving home and having, like, at the time I was living in, in Lodgegrass and I was working in Crow, so I pulled over at Gary Owen on one of those um, stops and my homie let me use the truck. Yeah. So I was driving that. And, dude, I pulled over and just, like, tore all these pills apart. Dang. Just so I could get high. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, so you could drive. Dog, yeah. Like, I was sitting there just freaking, like, tearing them all apart on a piece of paper. I didn't even have anything. Like, I just crunched all that stuff up on there. Like, yeah. snorted them, and I made it home. Dang. But I think about it, and I'm like, man, like, I am so thankful to not be living in that misery anymore. Yeah. And oh, just even, so. like, even hearing your story, like, man, like, that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. The hangover, like, so thank you, but at the same time, it, I, I thank you because it reminds me of what I don't want to go through. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You know, because mm-hmm. I, I do see it daily, like, we're out, we're out there on the front oh, lines. and Yeah. And it's tough. Yeah, even like that dude that stopped by and like joined us for Smudge the Streets, man. He he was hurting. Yeah, he even said he's man, I'm hurting. He's like, but I got I got this job lined up. I'm gonna go to. I don't know how true that was, but you know he he walked away. He walked away, and then he came back like ten minutes later, and he was like, he's like, you know what? I, I walk away from a lot of things in my life, and I've, I have been walking away. I was just gonna walk away from this thing, but he's like, he said, God told me to come back. Walk with you guys Yeah Just like right on man You can come walk with us The whole way And he stayed with us The whole time And even afterwards He got all the trash together He said I'm going down this way I'm walking by a dumpster So I'll throw this away For you guys Heck yeah And I thought that was cool man I was like right on man And that Hopefully that You know That's my goal With My mission You know It's just that You know Hopefully that Sparks a little bit of hope In him Yeah You know that We were We were welcoming We didn't tell him No get out of here you know, you're just a drunk, you know, just putting that humanity back into it and just being like, yes, I see you. You're in your human being. You want to walk with us? Go ahead, man. Let's go. Let's walk. And I think that's so dope. Like there was not even no fanfare to that, like yeah, to the walk, but we just kind of, you welcomed him to the circle with open arms. Yeah. And he was functioning because he's still a person. You imagine the impact it would have on the people that were gathered in the circle. Oh, yeah. Like, yo, like, this is what we're doing this for. Yeah, this is exactly <laughs> what we're doing this for. That's why we're smudging the like, streets for these street folks. And then we allowed the, like, we allowed them, too, to see from a different perspective of, like, hey, man, we're here to help. Mm-hmm. 
you know, which yeah. I think is it, it speaks volumes. Yeah, about the people that are out there, mm-hmm. um, that they do just need that love. Yeah, and that was like the whole reasoning behind why smudging the street started was to like hopefully bring them back to reality. Yeah. Cause I recognized that like on my first day out there when I was the resource outreach coordinator was that they were operating in that delusion that everything's okay. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm doing this to myself. Failing to see the trail of destruction that they left behind. Yes. Cause I was there. I, I had been there and they were operating in it and man, I recognized right away. And that's when, you know, the wheel started turning my head. How can we, how, and I started thinking of ways how to bring the street folks back to reality. I just go out there because a lot of them, you know, come from the reservation. A lot of, you know, we get a lot of cultural teachings out there and, you know, just smudge the streets just to even smell that smudge and be like, hopefully that alone can just be like something that, what am I doing? Yeah, stop some back. Yeah, what the a, hell am a, I doing? A positive trigger. Yeah. If you can have negative triggers, I believe you can have positive triggers. Oh, yeah, yes, sir. And, you know, what's crazy is that they say smell is one of the biggest um, uh, triggers for your memory. Yep, exactly. And I miss my girlfriend in the fourth grade. Not <laughs> so, nah, just kidding. It smelled like ivory soap. Yeah. <laughs> no, like that Michael Jordan cologne, that first yeah. one. Man, when I smell that, man, it takes me right back to high school, balling days. Heck yeah. It's to ball it up. Everybody used that. I know. The Michael Jordan cologne and the Adidas cologne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Adidas one. I remember that one, too. Like MJ2. That one I, was the best. I don't remember that one. You didn't use that one? I just remember the MJ, the original one with, like, the red dot. Yeah. Kind of. MJ2 was, like, a glass bottle and then, like, the where you squirt thing. It was, it was silver. Oh, I think that was the one I remember. Oh, okay. It didn't have no red on there. The, the original was a clear one, black base, and then Window. like the black squirting thing. Yeah, I think that. I don't know what that squirting <laughs> thing is called. The black one, and then the number two was the one with the silver? Yeah. Okay. And like a light blue somewhere on there. <clears throat> North Carolina blue. I remember the Jordan, but we never, there was always too many of us to even buy that. Like, you uh, know, like. That shit all threw in. We were supported by a single mother. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But we would go in and get different different stuff. So Pretty never sure. the Michael Jordan. Yeah. How could we just didn't go in like the Hennessy's or JCPenney's and, and head up? I don't know because we did other things. Like us, what we did was like movies. Mm. we go sneak into the movies. We would go. Well, you, can't you do both? Yeah, but, <laughs> no, but as kids, that's kidding. what we did, and, and our biggest focus was like basketball, mm. like going to North Park and playing. Mm. Man, that's when North Park used to be bumping back in the day. Yeah, that that came out because when I remember when I was in high school, it was Terry Park. Yeah, oh, yeah Terry yeah. Park. Yeah, both both spots. No, Terry Park was cool, but North Park took over when they took that tennis court out, and they put that better, and then they that put the court over there. Yeah, down. and then. Yeah, they, that that court was popping back in the day. Man. I remember we used to go down there and just go through that little gate. That's when that little uh, Naval Reserve thing was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, dude, we play in the park all night. Oh, all night, huh? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when the, with no lights or nothing, like, just play up into the wee hours of the night and just, yeah. I used to live across the street from there in those apartments across from that. Well, it's a head start now. It used to be a grade school. 
Yeah. But we used to live in those apartments. And then... Big like sky apartments? Yeah. And I always... My grandparents had an apartment over there. And I always used to wonder why would they have a naval center in a totally inland state? Mm. Interesting. I know. Navy reserves, huh? Yeah. Well, like... <clears throat> and they moved over here to... The West End? Yeah. And, like, all the armed forces are over there now. Yeah. I've been in that facility. But that naval, and I, they stationed a lot of Marines there. Oh, did they? Yeah, my brother was in the Marines. I remember he'd be over there. But we'd as, as kids, him. we used to go in that park late at night, too, and yeah. we saw some weird things. Did you ever walk, try to walk through those? Or there's this one open spot, I want to say, on the northeast side of it. And and there's it's almost like a like a little opening under all the trees, and if you try to run through that opening from one side to the other, those owls will come down and start scratching at your head. Really? Yeah, they'll dive bomb you. Dang. And we didn't believe it. And, uh, owls? Owl, I think they're owls. Dang. They're some kind of wet, weird night bird. <laughs> but you try to run through there, and then they, they, they don't, I don't know, territorial or something, and they come Were down. Were they wearing and, moccasins? <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't have been, because you can't scratch through moccasins, can you? No. Unless you have, like, the... <laughs> The song moccasin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. North Park used to be popping, <laughs> yeah. and there used to be like a lot of like reservation kids here in town too that would play. Mm. The younger kids for shizzle Ter- <laughs> territorial birds. Yeah, I bet I've heard stories. Of other people, oh yeah, I've done that. I I know what you're talking about. So I wonder if we, if it's still like that. Try to run through that park in that little open area, and then those birds will come down and like scratch at your head. North Park, you're talking about? Yeah. Hmm. In the middle of the, like, well, I don't know about middle of the night, but at night. Yeah. Hmm. I never heard of that. It's just crazy, though, like the way it's changed. Oh, yeah. North Park. Like, nobody really plays there anymore, huh? Uh-uh. Where do they go now? I don't think they play anywhere. People don't play no more, huh? Uh-uh. Remember, yeah, that's so that would be the thing. I remember like junior high, high school, I'd come with my brother and my Baji, and we'd come in from prior 30 miles, 30, 40 miles out just to play ball. Just to play ball. Just to play ball at North Park or at Terry. And I remember one time, <clears throat> man, a lot of fights though. Yeah. Yeah, people were just wilding out. And it's like, oh, I go to watch the fights. I barely, <laughs> I, I may, might get into one game. You know, because yeah. I was just a young buck. But, yeah, it was cool. But anyway, yeah, there's some good topics. Uh, the goal setting. Setting attainable goals, planning for the future. It's all good. Future you know? plans, visions. Visions, yeah. And, like, I think a big thing with that is, you know, definitely figuring out, like, a template for yourself. You know, um, not a template, but, like, not, I'm looking for a different word, template, but, like, um, Formula, like a formula for yourself that works for you. Because, like, what works for me and what's brought me this far is not, won't technically work for JC or for Randy. I had to figure it out and then setting those attainable goals, like the 30 days. Once I got there, I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to keep doing this. What I'm doing, what was I doing? You know, I was going to meetings, I was journaling. I had my sponsor, had my accountability people. I was surrounding myself with um, sober people. And excuse me, um, and I just kept that going, boom, 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 until that just became what I did, and that was just second nature. I had a rough day. I'm going to meeting. You know, I shot for ninety and ninety, and but I 
like I always say, it, I, was, I probably did like 120 meetings in 90 days because some days I went to two meetings and some days I went to three meetings. Uh, I was just talking to a treatment group up here, uh, here in town the other couple of weeks ago. And they're like, oh, how'd you do? Did you do 30 and 30? And I laughed. I said, because that sounded weird, you know, like 30 meetings, 30 days. And I was like, are they dumbing this down? But now as we're talking tonight, I was like, oh, that's a good attainable goal, 30 and 30. Because uh, to someone, 90 and 90 might seem too daunting. You know, setting that setting that goal, just an attainable goal. I'm going to go 30 meetings, 30 days. That doesn't sound too hard. That And when you were talking, it just... Oh man, I had a point that I was going to make. Um, was it about moccasins? Can, can you say all that again? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Can uh, you repeat that thought, please? Can you repeat that thought so I can remember mine? <laughs> but it, it was something that you said before. Um, shoot, I might have to pass for a second because I completely lost my train of thought. 30 and 30 kind of seems like a daunting task, but I think when you're in that desperation stage of recovery... Mm-hmm. I don't think it's too far-fetched. No. no because no. as addicts, we do whatever we can yep. to find our substance. Yes. And then when we come to recovery, I believe that those same measures will do whatever we can to remain in recovery. That's right. Just taking that energy that you put, that energy and that effort that you put towards your addiction and directing that towards recovery is like one of like one of my formulas, like the formula that I used. It's like, okay, I walk through a blizzard to go get a bottle. I better be I better be willing to walk through a blizzard to go to a meeting. Yes. It's like it is, man. It's just a flip. It's just an energy flip, you know? Mm-hmm. To go towards the right direction. So and thank you guys. Did it come back to you? No, but about a hundred other things did. Um, so now I lost my other point. Great. All right. I well. just, I'm just not on top of it tonight. Jeremy. He needs a nap. I need a, No, you know what I was going to say? So okay. just real quick, since we're wrapping it up, is do we talk about our goals from here on forward? Our A goal. How about that? Yeah, okay. personal goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah just one, one, one attainable goal. Yeah. But. Josiah. Oh, you throwing throwing me? Yeah, I'm gonna. I like how he came up with the idea and then he <laughs> just tossed it off. <laughs> yeah, let's see how it goes. All He's right, like, you... "Yeah, let's do this. Here, catch the ball." <laughs> oh shoot, man! Two steps in the left. <laughs> so here we go. No, um, I think one of my attainable goals today, man, kind of kick. My mind's going me going blank, man. Did I throw you under the bus just <clears throat> too quick like that, huh? No, uh, my mind's just been kind of blank today, man. Like someone was hitting me up when I was trying to leave earlier, and they're like, and then my mind went blank. Is it like a recovery goal? Just or... anything, anything positive. How about that? Yeah, I mean, mine is to be more healthy. Mm. Yeah. And and I know we've been saying that, but I don't want to go any further and, you know. Detail? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. no, not detail, oh. but I'm saying, like, become more healthy physically, oh, and, yeah. I, and I know I've been saying that, but I, it's like making different choices, so what I've been doing lately is eating at home rather than going out to dinner. Oh, there a lot, you go. There you go. You know, a lot more, Yeah. Um, which is kind of tough. Oh, yeah. I'm going grocery shopping, and then I'm like, man, we still got food in here. <laughs> yeah. Versus, like, 
always going somewhere. Just because just it's already somebody will do it for you. Yeah, because you. I'm a single father and, I, and I've used that excuse for a long time. Like, I'm, no, I'm just kidding. What? But, but being a single parent, right? You go to work all week. And then for me, I don't want to come home on top of my parenting and then cook dinner. And then when I cook dinner, then I got to wash all the dishes. Like for me, that's too much. Like there's sometimes where I just want to chill. Yeah. But that's been my like excuse. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's not. But now I'm like, okay, like we can do it. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like this major dish. It's just like eating at home. Yeah. Using the air fryer. And then just when you take care of the dishes right away, they don't pile up. Hey. Air you know, fryer. yeah, they, I love hey, the air fryer, I man. I still never pulled a trigger All right, it's on okay. So, man, like it's on that, it. okay, I got, I got, I got, uh, I know what I'm going to say now. So, mine was along the same lines, just to be more active. That's my go, you know, um, something positive. You know, I want to, I want to run a 5K next year, at least one. Man, that'll be dope. Um, I got my eye on the teepee creeper. That's my go. Ah. But if I feel ready enough, I'll get in some ones prior to that. But my goal is to do the teepee creeper next year. And now I'm getting more active. Um, <clears throat> where before, like, when I put my kids through drills, I just stand there and make sure they did it right. Um, I might show them how to do it at first and then just stand there and, like, get into coach mode and just watch them make sure they're doing it right, encourage them. But the last few times, you know, three, four times that we've gone out and I put them through drills, like basketball drills, I do it with them, and I get I get a sweat going, and I just even though I'm gonna I know I'm gonna be sore as heck the next day, the next couple of days I just get out there and do it. So that's my goal. I mean, just to be more, continue to be more active. That's that's pretty awesome. <clears throat> um, you know what those those runners, a lot of them runners say. I heard uh, one of those long distance runners say. The body wants to do today what it did yesterday. Mm. So if you ran 5K yesterday, it's going to want to run 5K today. Mm. If you went out to eat yesterday, it's going to want to go out to eat today. Mm. So okay. you got you know, to break that cycle to the negative one and get into the positive one. And another thing that a guy told us, you know, in prison, you know, that's all, it's nothing else to do. So we work out, right? Yeah. And there's this one guy, man, he's he's an older dude, an older bro. Um, but holy cow, he's, he's kind of ripped, you know? Yeah. And you don't have access to weights. You don't have the, yeah. the greatest food in there. But holy cow, he was pretty stacked, bro. Yeah. And he, 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 he always just said, you know, you do something because something is better than nothing. Yeah. He said, you don't have to do those 500 burpees. He said, you can... Start out with attainable goals. There you yeah. go. Same thing. Yeah. You could do 10. I just saw the light bulb go off in your... <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Attainable goals. Yeah. I put two and two together like that. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I love that because, man, I was talking about a ball. We should go out and just shoot around one day. Yeah. Just so. I'm not saying I we got to run, run a game, but... I think that's dope, man. Like, so right now I've been dropping my daughter off at five thirty and picking her up at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. So an attainable goal for me would be like, okay, let me just join the same gym, and while she's in there training for boxing, let me go into that other gym and do something. Get back on my routine because the thing that did knock me off was COVID. Yeah, like I didn't get my breathing and stuff back right away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't that's, go to the hospital or nothing, but it, it like, but that's kind of like what discouraged me initially. 
was that. Yeah. And then it's easier, like I said, to go freaking somewhere. Yep. You don't gotta worry. You don't gotta worry about the cleanup. Yep. Yeah. True. True. You true. Know. True. But get an air fryer. Be yeah. Get best an air decision fryer. you ever made. That I, might be your attainable I, goal. I keep, yeah. I keep well, you know. <laughs> What's my, your go? My my stepmom just got one for my dad, and he's like, she's always getting me this stuff. Where am I supposed to put it? Because you know he's his uh, studio slash cabin. It's not that big. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, I got all this junk. He's bringing more junk in here. Where am I going to put that? So I was kind of hinting around. Well, maybe I'll take it. But Ask where am I, I going to put it? Yeah. <laughs> but it will. It, it takes the place of your refrigerator and things. Like, even if you reheated the burger in there, it tastes better than the fridge. Mm. Or not a fridge. I was just <laughs> microwave. Was say, that's, that's gross, man. I'm you like, guys knew what I was saying, yeah. though. I know. I was picking up what you we speak the Randyisms. <laughs> no, I didn't catch that Randyism because I'm thinking, man, that's gross. You yeah. Get your hamburger straight out of the fridge. Well, you guys didn't say nothing. That's why I thought you caught it. But <laughs> like, call that prior talk. Yeah. Oh man, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, the one thing that I did notice is that no matter how I ever tried it. That you try to reheat potatoes, French fries, uh, gems, mm. whatever. It's, you can't do it. It just try it in air fryer. Try it in air fryer. Can't reheat a potato. Mm-hmm. Try it in air fryer. Reheat <laughs> a potato. Maybe by Christmas. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll feel mashed potatoes pretty good. Reheat but he said it. it last Christmas. <laughs> Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It has been. I'm gonna have to go back and because remember we were, we were talking. Yeah, we were talking about the Black Friday deals, weren't we? Something. It was right around Christmas. We were talking about air fryer. Yeah, and we were like, man, you should. Because I just got one, remember? And it was on sale right like around Christmas time. Man, that doesn't seem. <laughs> man, almost a year ago, bro. Bells will be ringing. <laughs> and we'll really be singing. on that one. A sad, sad tune. It's your birthday. Hey, uh, hey. <laughs> no, I did, the mashup? I did that to my sister yesterday. It was her birthday yesterday. Yeah. and uh, Oh, nice. Happy birthday to your sister. Happy birthday, sister. I, I started singing. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck, he was trying to sing a pop song. <laughs> I'm secret now. <laughs> Walking the red road. That's how it goes. <laughs> All right, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. And oh, I, I th- didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, waiting for you. What's your go? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Light bulb went off again. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I need so I, my goal, it's attainable, I think, as I'm going to get back into school. And that, that part's easy, right? Yeah. To just enroll yeah. and get back in because it's been suggested to me several times by several different people. And the way I figure, hey, if I'm going to act like I know, it, know everything, I might as well prove it, right? Prove it then. Prove Come it on. then. But, <clears throat> you know, go back to school and then from there I'll set, you know, other goals like, okay, I want to get an A in this class or, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, that, but to get in, like, let me get in. So I think that is my next. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, 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 it's out there a bit, but I still, that's what I've been thinking about. Right on. I, I totally support that and I got a number for you to call. So after this, after we're done recording, I'll get you the number. Oh, oh! I, I really like that. I really like that. <laughs> I commend you for going to school, dog. Like that's one thing I absolutely hate. <laughs> I'm in school now, and I freaking hate it. I'm like, man, I already do this stuff. Why am I going to school for this? Like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I was gonna tell Josiah earlier. Is like, I commend you for wanting to do the 5K because I hate running. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just do not like to run. <laughs> I mean, like if I'm playing ball or playing sports or something, yeah. that's one thing. You know, out there playing softball, basketball, whatever. 
But if you say, okay, we're going to run from here to there, Albertsons. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? Which it is, is kind of boring. It feels good. When you're I got a car now, you know. <laughs> Make a run. But that's, that's, that's very commendable. And I, I, I support <laughs> everything you guys are, all your positive goals and, and, and all the things you want to do. Yes, sir. Keep moving. Right, right on. Because pretty soon we might just get to Billings if we just make it to the next hill. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Come on. Word up. And with and that. We're going to Missoula after that. For sure. And I, with that, you know, we'll go into our speak on it. So once you're queued up there, Mr. DJ, DJ, why don't you hit me with that beat? Speak on it. Speak on it, bro. Speak on it, bro. Speak on it. Speak on it. Speak on it. All right, all right, all right. We are back by popular demand in the Speak on It segment. And tonight we are going to talk about. Uh, breaking down barriers to suicide within a Native American population. Uh, we're going to answer a couple questions here. So, number one, we're going to answer them as a group. Uh, identify two specific risks of suicide in a in a Native American population, and I'll just give that to you, both of you guys. What you got? Well, I'd say two barriers to. Or I'm sorry, can you say it again? I got I, uh, two I, specific. Risk of suicide in Native American population? Uh, isolation. Isolation, definitely. Um, whether it be, because, I mean, first, first of all, we're out there in a rural area. Yeah. And, you know, we're kind of a part, even though we spend a lot of times with our family, we also choose to isolate ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even on that note, too, even being urban in an urban setting, we kind of almost feel like we don't belong. Yeah. You know, yeah. initially. Especially if we coming from the res and we move into the urban setting, we're just like ah, country mouse in the big city. True, true. Uh, the other one I was kind of thinking about with that was like you know just that that isolation and with that like that pity party, like getting comfortable in that kind of pity party, feeling sorry for yourself. Yep, feeling sorry for yourself and not doing anything to change. Yep, I think that's a huge one. And just kind of yeah, wallowing in that self pity like. Well, I think I think the key word in that his statement was getting comfortable or getting yeah. comfortable, like like that's normal. This is being comfortable, staying there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and like I that's was, normal. Yeah, that's just normal. This is what I do. I I just sit here and like, things will never me, change for me. Yeah, things will never change. They'll never get better. It doesn't just, matter what I do. It, it just easy to keeps ta- getting worse. Easy to talk yourself into staying there. Oh like, yeah, sure. Doesn't and, matter. My family hates me anyway. Yeah, I'm just going to keep doing this then. Screw them. You know, I, I've been there, so yeah. I know exactly what that is. I know how that feels. Okay, so second one. Describe two barriers to preventing suicide in um, in a Native American population. Two barriers to preventing suicide in Native American population. It is... Did I? I, I might have said that wrong because I was going to say no, isolation, but I think, I, no, no, no. Okay, so one one barrier would be those false beliefs that we have. Yeah, right. We so when we're in those pity parties, we start telling ourselves these things, and then we see um, the going on goings on around us. 
mm-hmm. and they kind of almost like a, a confirmation bias, right? You're just yep. looking for things that kind of yes. prove what you're already thinking. Mm-hmm. And so it it starts, you start developing these beliefs, these core beliefs, remember now from, from the subconscious point of view, yeah. where you're not even thinking about it. And then it kind of rises up and then that's how you get stuck in the pity party. Like that, that's how it is. I yeah. think, but, yeah, I was going to say another barrier that I find frequently is native culture telling their young men to man up. Yeah. Or we don't we don't talk about that kind of yeah. stuff. Diwis. It's taboo. Diwis, diwijik. Yeah. Don't cry, you're a man. Yeah. And, men and, don't cry and that kind of stuff. And even I think like for females, it's like you, you're not supposed to think that way. You know what I mean? Like. It's taboo to even Yeah No I think that That's a huge one That like kind of peer pressure is like Oh you shouldn't even be thinking that way Oh you shouldn't even be feeling that way Yeah Like not validating anyone's feelings Yes You know I think that's a That's a huge barrier Or even Get over it Yeah Just simple as that Oh why don't you just get over it Yeah And I Yeah That happens a lot I know like with me growing up It was like they told me like that, get over it or stop crying, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't tell me how to do it. There's no instruction. Yeah. Coping skills. Yep, exactly. Lack of coping skills. Um, that we was got three out of that one. All right. Yeah, yeah. So that one's there. Uh, so relate three strategies and or resources that can open up barriers, pivoting persons in a identified population from focusing on suicide to focusing on hope. So this, what I would say is it just goes hand in hand with the first two things I said. And that is to open up and tell somebody, yeah, get it out of there, get it out of your system, go tell some. And I know that there are people out there who are going to say, Oh, just get over it. Yeah. Or you shouldn't be acting like that. You know, man up, you know, put your purse down and man up, you know, whatever. But there are people out there who are, who do have those coping skills, who do know the struggle, who do know what's truly going on and who will be truly empathetic and loving and caring. Yeah. Find those people, find them and say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Even if, even if you don't know, even if you, if you, if you have no idea as to what, even what you're talking about, just say, Hey, this is how I feel. Put it on the table. Put it on the table. Put it on the table. And then once it's put on the table, us as listeners that hear it, or it's, you know, one of our biggest goals is to like validate that. Yes. It's like, oh man, I'm sorry that you're going through that. I'm sorry you're feeling that way. That must be like a really dark place, you know, with wording like that instead of that, you know, disregard, like, oh, you shouldn't be feeling that way. You shouldn't be talking like that because of this, this, and this. You have this, you have these people in your life. You shouldn't even be that way. I've heard that said to me i've heard that said to people you know like just not even validating their emotions at all and that's so detrimental yeah to individuals i think another vital thing is letting them like for me uh, like when i think about that when if somebody told me like yo like they got love for me yeah or that i'm important to them like it made me think differently Mm. of the situation you know yeah because we're there I I feel like for me, like when I was in that mind space, I felt like nobody loved me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Nobody would miss me. Mm. Yep. So when we encounter that, I feel like it's vital 
that we use language that shows the person that is thinking this way how much they are valued. Exactly. Yep. And I think that's so crucial because, like, I remember we were talking about earlier and, like, when I had to go to detox and, like, when I was in that dark place of my addiction was, like, I didn't have any hope. And it was just, like, one person that came and sat down and talked with me for once in, like, a long time that actually just sat there and cared and cared about me and told me their story, trying to spark some hope, and that sparked that hope. And then, in turn, then I, I ran with that, and, like, I became, I wanted, I wanted to be a sponge to, like, absorb all this information and use it to better my situation. Yes. You know, to better my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical situation. Um, and I think that's so crucial that somebody that's down like that, that we're able to, we should be, we should communicate that to them that, hey, man, these are the resources out there. Go learn as much as you can because that information, if you implement it, is going to get you in a better state. Yes. And and even if you're like someone like me, I, I don't know a lot of things. Yeah. But I, I do know one thing that when somebody told me in the past, I, 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 can, I can't help you, but I know people who can. Mm-hmm. And we'll all go there with you. I'll be there with you. Exactly. Yep. Because yeah, I understand. I understand. I know. And then another another thing too is to to listen, to say yes, I am here. I am listening to you. I hear what you're saying. I empathize. I feel you, bro, or sister, whatever the case may be. But to listen, because sometimes there were times when when I tried to express myself, and then somebody comes at you with it. Oh, just get over it. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Now pass me the fry bread, the mustard. Pass me those hot dogs. <laughs> Pass me the mayonnaise. So I mean, it just all of that just goes hand in hand, exactly. And it, and it takes it's going to take each and every one of us. So I feel like one of the most important things is to one validate how that person feels. Yep. Wait, put the issue on the table. Number two would be validate how that person feels. Yep. And then number three is. Find a way to let them know that they are valued. Yes. Even if it's you that values them. Yep. And, and, then, and, and to get help. Yes. And then, you know, ultimately get to get help. them the help that they need. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like even just being there and letting them know that, you know, that exactly just letting them know that, that you they can confide in you. Earning that trust and, and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, and I think, like, what I try to do when I hear somebody, you know, that's kind of hopeless and telling their story is like, man, I, I feel you because I was there. Yep. And I tell them a little bit of my story. Like, like that guy in the street. He's like, man, I don't know exactly what you feel like. I used to slam half a G every day. And he was like, oh, man. And then he then kind of opened up and loosened up and started telling me more and more. So that was, that was pretty cool in that moment. But, yeah, man, there's definitely a – Tough subject, and I think the way we're able to destigmatize mental health and destigmatize like this whole topic of suicide, the better off like we're gonna be as a society, as a people, um, because then we're able to have these conversations, and it's not so taboo. The only, the only reason it's taboo is because we make it yes taboo, because um, like 
I always said, <clears throat> um, you bang up your leg, you're going to go see the doctor. Come on. If you're not feeling well mentally and emotionally, we got counselors, baby. Come on. You can go talk to a counselor and work that out. That's what they're there for. And that's not, there's no, there's no shame in that. There's actually a lot of strength in seeking help and saying, I need help. Yes. A lot of strength. So. And we, I've said it before, too, is being vulnerable isn't a weakness. Exactly. It's actually a strength being able to show your vulnerability yes. and that's one of those false beliefs that we were given and you, you touched on it randy was you got a man up mm-hmm. but that's that's not the case i mean because there's a reason why we shed tears mm-hmm. there's a reason for that and to hold that back and to repress that it's not good exactly well that was oh. good both you gentlemen brought it. Thank you for bringing it today on episode 45 on my six-year birthday on recovery. The comeback. Yeah, episode 45. The Michael Jordan Don't comeback come episode. Right. Don't call the comeback. For I've been least, here for years. 45 for at least a couple months anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Hit me with some horns. Oh, shoot, man. Why you got to put me on the spot like Thank you for joining us on episode 45, everybody. The comeback. The comeback kid. Uh, we appreciate all our listeners out there on Flat Earth. We love you. You're the biggest part of the podcast, the listeners. So please spread the word, spread the unword, unspoken words, gospel Billy Graham style for us. Oh, hey. And, Billy and Graham. For, uh, oh, hey. And for uh, Josiah's. Six sobriety birthday. Somebody send him a globe. Ah oh, hey, <laughs> a snow globe, a snow globe. Oh, hey. I'll take those snow globes. Cake and ice cream tonight. Ah oh, hey, from the gas station. Ah uh-huh. All right. Well, we'll see you, you next time. To get healthy. That's the worst. <laughs> All right. We love you. Appreciate you. See you next week. Uh, we're peacing out. Shinook. This is What's up, Holler at your boy? This is your favorite Indian JCB. Hey yo, it's Randy B, aka Pagotti. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. <laughs>